Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's AT&T Byron Nelson. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Dushard. What up, Greg? What's going on, Rick? Uh, exciting week so far, and a lot of names up there that uh, that we've actually had a chance to talk about this week. So it's exciting. It's been a great first two days. If you like birdies, this is the week for you. You know, we we had a, essentially a historic scoring opening round. The course played almost three and a quarter shots under par as of what when we are recording here on Friday, looking like another shot and three quarters. I mean, this is just an absolute birdie fest out there, Greg. Yeah, it is. And look, there's a, a little more wind today than there was yesterday, but not a whole lot. And the greens are receptive. And... Like we kind of talked about leading in, not a lot of trouble off the tee to find. So um, guys have plenty of opportunities and there are some long holes out there too. I mean, there's a couple of uh, at least one 500 yard par four, but it just, it doesn't matter. They still make birdies. Length isn't the issue. And um, when, when a golf course is soft, these guys really prove how good they are. Our leader. Sam Burns, fresh off his victory at the Valspar and one week off, follows up his opening round 65 with a 62 bogey free that is 10 under Greg. And assuming everything holds, he's got a couple of shot lead here. There's, you know, a handful of guys out on the course probably can't catch him. This will be his fifth 36 hole lead already this season. Five of them. He will head into the weekend atop the leaderboard. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, there you know the old saying, it's hard to improve on a. It's hard to shoot two really good rounds two days in a row. I I guess he didn't think (laughs) sixty five was too good. (laughs) You know, I I guess he didn't think that was very good. Um, which was it was two shots back, and now he's three shots ahead. Um, it was a it, it was quite a ball striking display. Um, and, you know, I was thinking, I was watching him play and he's just hitting it so nicely. He led the field today. Strokes can't approach the green. And I was thinking of the conversation we had on Sunday about whether, you know, he, he or Keegan Bradley um, who would have oh, yeah. a better he career. Keegan Bradley. Which, who, who did we pick? Like, I, hope, I hope we picked Sam Burns. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it looks like that now. Well, I, I made an argument. Uh, um, Kyle said Keegan, which I think is a very fair statement. And, and, it's more than likely that when they're both retired, Keegan had a better career. He's got a major and five big time wins. And that, that's a great career. It's not easy to do. It's it's very easy to have a little bit of a slump. You don't even have to have a slump. It's just it's easy to not win. So <laughs> very easy. But I was I was so impressed with his iron play so far this year, which was an area that Kyle had said was kind of a um, over over the course of the, his two and a half year career, not necessarily his strength. 
But I think we've seen it really come on strong this season. And going forward, I'm really looking forward to see if this is is the way this guy's swinging right now just a hot streak. Is he just in great form or were the first two years just two years of rust? And was he just kind of learning, getting his feet wet, getting comfortable out on tour? Because he's very comfortable right now. And when you put yourself in position this many times, like he's done five, as you said, Rick, five 36 hole leader co-leads this year, more than anybody on tour. Um, you, you get very comfortable and you start to expect that. Um, and I got a, a little Brooks Kepka story. It's not quite a trophy in the backseat of the car, sure. but, um, but Brooks Kepka was saying that when, when he first got out on tour, he was always trying to make cuts and his goal was to make the cut. I want to make the, and, and he always finished right around the cut line. And then his mind, he, he changed his mindset and he started to focus on, okay, yeah. setting a little more lofty goals. I, I want to finish this. top 10. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden he was always right around the top 10. And then he started to want to win. And all of a sudden he's always right around the lead. And I feel like Sam Burns is in that place now where he, and Jordan Spieth is too, where he expects to be there, expects to win. And now all of a sudden he does it regularly and he's comfortable with it. Uh, we're going to talk about Jordan Spieth here in a second, but you know Sam Burns. I don't think he gets enough respect for how good his short game is. You know he is kind of known as this as this bomber, and then I think his irons are much better than maybe Kyle had alluded to uh, a couple of days ago. But we have seen on display a perfect example of it was his final hole here on Friday. He hits the exact spot he needs to after going over the green with his second shot. He trickles it down there. He's got to tap in birdie. I think back to what he did on Sunday at Riviera when he was like up against the fence uh, on the side of six green and like makes a miraculous par save that like he has all of the shots and what we've been talking about for six months is if he just puts it all together he's going to be super dangerous and well now he's like been super dangerous for six consecutive rounds he won a golf tournament now he's heading into the weekend with the lead yeah and and um it's a significant lead. I mean, you look at a guy who's at 17 under. We talk 17. about this every Friday, right? I mean, <laughs> we never get anybody at 17 under. 17. I mean, the last, when there were the two Corn Ferry Tour events there, one winner was 17. And I think the other was. I don't know, 16, maybe 19. I, I I forget exactly what the numbers were, but it was under 20. Both day, both times they were under 20. I do think the par was 71 at that time, um, but that's here nor there. The point is he's got a three-shot lead. And if you look at this leaderboard, you got to wonder to yourself, how many guys did Sam Burns eliminate today? From, from really winning this thing. I mean, you got to figure the 11 unders are still in the mix because there's only there's only a couple of guys at 13 or 14 under. You got three players uh, with Alex Noren, Doc Redman, and uh, KH Lee that are better than 11. So you got to figure they're still in. But Rick, do you think that are the 10s in? Is my boy Wyndham Clark in this event, in this thing? I mean, how often does seven shots, like how, how often do you come back from seven shots over the course of the final two rounds? Probably not often. The good news is it's only one guy. It's Burns. So if he comes back, he would open it up. But I, I think I tend to agree with what you're saying that he played a lot of guys out of contention on, on Friday. Yeah. I mean, if... <laughs> If you consider the 10 still in it, which look, if you go shoot 62 tomorrow, right? If, if, uh, if Wyndham Clark, for lack of a, a more favorable I- example, <laughs> if Wyndham Clark goes out and shoots 62 tomorrow and he is all of a sudden at 20 under, I, I mean, you could see Sam Burns being around that, right around that number. Uh, uh, 
you know, having a, a uh, slow round of 69 is, right. I think, very plausible. To my uh, my homeboy and friend of the pod, Doc Redmond, is just going to birdie his last four and get to 18 under and just take the outright lead. And we're going to have to re-record this podcast if, if that happens. So keep, yeah. an eye out. keep an eye out for that. Jordan Spieth followed that mantra, Greg. You know, it's hard to follow up a good round with another one. He shot a two under 70. Uh, you know, I watched uh, probably the majority of his rounds this morning because he was out on Friday morning. And, you know, it, it was fine. I thought a couple of putts didn't fall for him. He actually had an interesting comment and coming uh, from, from you, an instructor. I kind of want to get your thoughts on this because after his 70, he said, I just, I just got to kind of get a little more compact with my golf swing. Just throw out today, go to the range and just get back to yesterday's feel. So obviously he was not as comfortable with his Friday swing as he was with his Thursday swing. Yeah. Which was, which was really good. So (laughs) it's easy to kind of backtrack on that a little bit. Um, I've watched, I've done a little bit of looking at Jordan's swing and some of the changes that he's made Um, on course record. We did a little breakdown a couple of weeks ago. And so we, we really took a pretty in-depth look at some of the things that he's done. I love what he's done with his golf swing. I didn't get, because he played in the morning today. I didn't get to see as much of the round. Um, but basically Jordan's got a little more forearm rotation in the golf swing. It's getting the club face a little more shut, which is the biggest difference for him. When when he is shut face at the top, he can play. And when it gets a little um, w- when it gets a little open, a little toe hang at the top, all of a sudden things get a little ugly for him. And I think that had a lot to do with the bone chip in his hand. Um, he couldn't get the wrist in the bowed position that he wanted to. He wasn't rotating his forearms quite the same way, and it was causing a lot of trouble. So now he's got all that going on, and it's like it just kind of you get a little overconfident, in, and it, your your swing's just not as tight. It feels like it's moving around a little bit too much. It doesn't feel like it's hanging out right on the right on the plane that you intend and uh, I, I have no doubt that that was his bad round of the tournament and I think he's going to have a really really solid weekend I've got time for about one more golfer here before we go to the guys who are going to miss the cut do you want KH Lee or do you want Bryson DeChambeau you call it oh. right Wow, that completely I mean, opposite, completely different guys, completely different guys. I, I think, look, I love KH Lee. I think he's a really solid player. I love watching him at short shots around the greens, but, but, uh, come on, Rick, we got to talk, talk about We got to talk about the beefy one. Okay. Bryson yeah. Sham follows up his 69 with a 68.87 under. He's certainly going to make the weekend. He moved up the leaderboard on Friday. I still contend, uh, even being seven under through uh, two rounds, and I've seen uh, probably the vast majority of every shot that Bryson has hit this week, he couldn't be playing worse. Like I, I think he's playing so terribly, and he is seven under par. I mean, there's obviously an opportunity for him to move up on the weekend, but kind of a sloppy play on 16 where he makes bogey. Another one on 17. He was obviously very frustrated. There is always a lot of uh, head scratching and knee slapping and all that stuff. And I don't know if it's a testament to Bryson's game that I think he's playing as poorly as I've seen him play in a while, and he's still you know top 40 of this event as we as we record. Well, you look at where he's playing from Rick and this is kind of why um I was interested in him winning this week. I, I like I thought at first on Sunday I really thought okay this is a Bryson kind of a week cuz he's going to play from some easy spots and uh, he's going to be able to really let it loose. And he's done that. But the rest of the game has just been, a, it hasn't been, it hasn't been tight. The iron play was, was really not great yesterday. Was, I mean, it really was, um, was not very solid. And when your proximity to the hole 
from the places he's hitting second shots uh, from when when it's 38 feet it's too much on a, in those conditions now today it was much better he he got it down to 32 feet which that six feet six foot jump is a enormous leap when it comes to proximity to the hole um so that was a big improvement he definitely hit it better but then the putting was just not there today he couldn't get anything to fall um and i i think rick it was just kind of a frustrating day on the greens i don't think it was necessarily a problem i, I don't think it's hey bryson can't putt right now i right. think it just they, they didn't go in today from what i saw uh brooks kepka shoots a two under 70 as we know he's trying to figure out what you know what the status of his game what the status of his knee is heading into Keough island next week he offsets his one bogey with three birdies including birdieing uh his final hole of the day number 18 he is still 28 to 1 to win the pga championship next week and there are Probably more questions, Greg, uh, than answers when it comes to Brooks Kepka. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I don't think this is a great... Um I don't think this golf course is a great test of how your game is for a major. If you're ready for a major, it's a completely different mindset. But at the same time, you still have to step up and hit the shots, right? And you got to be able to hit your putts online and you got to, you got to be in control. And a guy like Sam Burns right now, a guy like Jordan Spieth right now, they're building confidence. Um, and even some of the guys that are a little farther back that are maybe at sitting at, you know, 10 under par who feel like they are, um, you know, at least making big strides, even though their name isn't near the top of the leaderboard. But for Brooks, this can't feel like it's a big stride. It, this is a frustrating round. When when you go out and miss a cut like that, it can be um, it can be frustrating. But unfortunately, with Brooks, I, I don't think that means that he's not, uh, not a factor for next week. My no. inclination is he's not. I mean, I want to say he's not, but he he has a better ability than anyone I've ever seen flip the switch to all of a sudden play great in a major. I mean, Tiger played great in majors, but but Tiger didn't play like this before majors and then win majors. <laughs> Tiger played well at everything all the time. And I'm not seeing that out of Brooks right now. So, but again, I I don't know. He could he could flip a switch um, and and put on a great performance next week. If you were looking to see how Sergio Garcia followed up his opening round 65, uh, just just keep 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 scrolling. Uh, he's down there. Just keep going. Few more few more thumb flips. You'll finally get to it. A 75 for Sergio Garcia. So just to recap, he goes out on Thursday, five birdies and a hole out eagle to shoot seven under. 65 and his second round greg my goodness he goes out in 35 he comes in in 37 it is a disastrous 75 and a miscut when all is said and done it it's such a shame i mean it's so frustrating if you're sergio garcia because you're you're having a pretty nice year i mean You've won at least, right? You've won. And I feel like Sergio is kind of um, maybe one of those guys that could have a really nice week next week. You're going to need some solid ball striking. You're going to need some good short game play. And this would be a guy I'm interested in. But when you see him lose over two shots approaching the green today and then lose another three putting, that 
gets extremely frustrating. Those are the two areas, Rick, we said were so important coming into the week. It would either turn into a putting contest or it would be an iron play contest. I think right now it's leaning towards the iron play contest. I agree. Um, but putting's a big part of it too. And he he was today 141st approach the green, 152nd strokes came putting. Sergio is having a good year. However, he did win the Sanderson Farms. He had a top 10th of players. He made that deep run in the match play as well before being bounced in the Elite Eight. So Sergio, we will catch you next week at Kiowa. And Greg, I want to look at the uh, odds via William Hill and see what we like for the weekend. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back looking at the odds. Of course, Sam Burns, now your prohibitive favorite. He is plus 151 and a half to one on your money. Greg, last night when we said, hey, maybe you should consider betting Sam Burns right now. He was 14 to one. So that number has moved quite a ways. And then Alex Noren, who is actually, as we speak, Still out on the golf course. Uh, He is three shots back. He's got a couple of holes to play. He's plus 700. Doc Redman and Jordan Spieth at 10 to one and 11 to one respectively. Well, I, I um, think Sam Burns has what it takes to win again. Um, this can, ha- I could see this being a runaway. I mean, I'm not quite in the place I was with Stuart sink where I'm ready for the, the gif, the Vince gif. I'm, I'm not no, ready for that yet. Not at this birdie. Fest. Um, no, right. It's, it's crazy. And, and again, like I said, he could shoot 69 tomorrow and, and get caught. In theory, that could happen. It'd be crazy, but all, this board can flip. So that being said, I think Jordan Spieth's the kind of guy, aside from Sam Burns, um, who can really make a move. And it's because of the confidence. It's because of the expectation to 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 be around the lead. It's because of the expectation to win. And I would say tomorrow Jordan Spieth's going to make a move because today was such a uh, kind of a lackluster day. But I don't think there was any significant issue. Um, it just it didn't he didn't get. He didn't get it going, and he'll get it. He'll get hot tomorrow. I, I am. 
I don't want. To. I, I'm very sure. I'm very. I'm very confident Jordan Spieth gets hot tomorrow. I would be very happy um, going into the weekend with my Sam Burns Thursday night fourteen to one ticket and my Friday night Jordan Spieth eleven to yes. one ticket and just yes. seeing how it pans. Like I've got like the two horses at the top and I'm just cool with seeing how that pans out instead of trying to guess is it a Noren week? Is it a Redmond week? Is Patton Gazire going to make a move? Like I would rather be holding those two tickets. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, by the way, nice to see Matt Kuchar up there playing. Yeah. It, it seems to it seems to have happened, so uh, that's exciting. But um, the other guy that kind of sticks out to me, Rick, is Wyndham. Cl- uh, I'm sorry, not Wyndham Clark. Charles uh, Charles Schwartzel. Yes, Charles Schwartzel. Excuse Char- me. It's tough to say. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it is, and it is Charles. I got ha- it. Is uh, asked him? Yeah. So anyway, Charles is fourth in. Uh, strokes gain approach the green right now. Yeah. And he had kind of a disappointing finish to today's round. He sits at 11 under right now, and he made bogey at 17, um, and, and he made par at 18. So I really think Charles would... Um, could could make a move. He's set up. He's doing the things well that he should do well. And it was a disappointing finish today, which I don't think is indicative of the form that he's in. What I also like about uh, Schwartzel is that this is not just one week. He's been playing well. We know he had he was in the playoff with Louis Ustazen at the Zurich. He's been popping up on the top of leaderboards. This is now a trend. So there's no reason to think he's going to go away. And Greg, you actually have yeah. him in a three ball over Lee Westwood and, and Charles Howell the third, who are both lurking about a couple of shots back. So you got a little bit of cushion heading into the weekend. Man, it's not a, I'm still sweating that one, right? You want to oh, say, yeah. I want to write that off. No. I want to write that off as a win right now, but I, you can't because if he goes out and shoots uh, 71 tomorrow, he's going to get lapped, right? If any of those right. guys shoots, I mean, hope, hopefully Westwood or Howell shoots 71 and I'm in good shape. But I do think, I do think Charlotte is going to have a really nice weekend because of what you said, Rick. This is a trend now. Two quick things uh, before we get out of here. When was the last time? I know Burns uh, had a week off, so he's not going to. He if he would win this, it's not winning back to back weeks, but it'd be back to back events. Back to back starts. Back to back starts. Molinari was that the last guy to do that? Mm, um, a couple years ago, remember he had those. He had those two in a row, didn't he? Well, was, did DJ do it? That? Did DJ win two in a row? Uh, well, I guess DJ would have won two in a row. Did he win the week before the Tour Championship? Because then he would have gotten the uh, no BMW. He lost the BMW. Right. He lost to Rom. So he. Um, I don't know when the last time we would have saw this was. It might be. It might be DJ. Back to back starts. Who, I have the list pulled up. Oh, or Jacob can pop up and tell us exactly who it is. Yeah. Or he can just leave it. Leave the carrot <laughs> dangling in front of us. I think we've. I think we've definitely done this before, and it's it's way more recent than than I think you guys realize. Give us a hint. Uh, well. <laughs> Uh, great, it's not, great 2020, it, oh, possibly player of the year. Brendan but, Todd. Oh yeah, Todd. Yes, sir. <laughs> Todd Father. Yes. Good get. Good get, Rick. RSM and Bermuda, I think, or something. Um, um, Bermuda, Bermuda and Mayakoba. Mayakoba. That is correct. There you go. Bermuda and Mayakoba. So that, nice the, Mol- the Molinari stretch I was thinking of, he actually won three times in six starts. It was, he won BMW championship finished or BMW PGA championship. That's a European tour event. Finished runner up at the Italian open T 25 at the U S open won the Quicken loans. Then he finished runner up at the John Deere. And then his next start, he won the open championship. So he went win second win in a three start. Yeah, that was crazy. That's what I was. What a year, what a year he had, man. And then he should have won the masters the next year. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. I mean, he really was the guy. If you think about the 2019 Masters, he he was the camp. You couldn't see if, Tiger wasn't going to be able to catch him. And well, hmm. we all know how he, that he did. Out. <laughs> uh, a final thing before we get out of here, because there is a little news. Phil Mickelson has received an offer and accepted a special exemption into the 121st U.S. Open. So Phil will be back in San Diego. He will be at Torrey Pines uh, and he will be rocking and rolling. Yeah. I, see, to me, um, he is completely deserving of this. You don't need to see Phil Mickelson go into play in a sectional qualifier. We don't. Phil Phil has been a runner-up here six times. You could argue he is as qualified as any past champion um, to to get in here. So I I think you have to give him a chance, especially at Torrey Pines. Uh, we don't need to see him. I, although I think it'd be great if you're like in a sectional qualifier and you look at the tee sheet and you. You're playing with Phil Mickelson. 44 PGA Tour wins, however yeah. many, 100-something million second. dollars. <laughs> I watched you, like when I was a baby, I watched you, uh, you know, Payne Stewart say you're a father. It, it, you, you gave it, set, you should have won. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, one of my favorite Phil Tory moments is him sending bones up from like 80 yards out or whatever. Yes. Go pull the stick on 18. And then not only, listen, it's one thing to send your caddy up there to tend the flag from the middle of the fairway, but the fact that he almost hold it and then almost spun it back in, like it would have been really embarrassing if he leaves it in the front bunker. Didn't, didn't he <laughs> lip it out? I, I think he lipped it out. I don't think it got that close, but he landed it like, Three inches over the cup, and then and, it spun back like right past it. Yeah, it was really. I remember. I remember it. I mean, I Amazing. thought. I, I maybe I think it was a little closer than uh, than it was. But my favorite Phil story is the U.S. Open story um, from 2006, and, it, and this is so sad that this is my favorite one. But it's the press conference afterwards. Yeah, and he just says, "I'm I'm such an idiot." I'm such and an it, idiot. It, the reason I love it is not. <laughs> I love it because that's Phil. He's so open and he said, he just says, I just blew it. And you don't hear guys say that. I love it because it's real. I call myself an idiot 15 times a day to hear Phil Mickelson call himself an idiot is like, yes, it's you're right. You hit the nail on the head. It's real. Love it. It's real. All right. That'll do it. We'll be back after both rounds three and four of the AT&T Byron Nelson. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Greg Ducharme, who you can find on Twitter at the real GFD. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. And we'll catch you next time. 